You're listening to the New Life Chapel Podcast with Pastor Zoran Pornovich. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for uh, the great work that you're doing among our lives here. We thank you that you're constantly at work. You're not dead. You're not silent. You haven't gone on holidays. You're still at work. You're not wearing a mask. Sorry, man. Eh? First thing that came to my mind then. Lord, your voice is not muzzled. You're not shut down. You're not locked up. You're not shut away in some cabinet. No one tells you what you can and can't do. No one tells you how far you can cross and how far you can't cross. No one puts boundaries and borders around you. You're unlimited. You are unlimited. All everywhere, all knowing, all capable. And we remind ourselves this morning of who our God is. Sovereign, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-able, all-capable, not locked down, not shut up, not muzzled. You are on about moving amongst us, I pray. Father, this morning, do likewise, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Blow it. Come on, never lose. Never lose. If you're watching online, uh, welcome. Never lose. (laughs) Forgot about them. Sorry. Never, never lose your appetite and revelation of who God is in these days. Here am I thinking these lockdowns and everything. You know, there was the first time they locked us up, there was someone saved at the Albury overflow room. Here we had three people that morning come who didn't know the Lord. The following Sunday, three men came out the front here in the second service to give their life to Christ. God's not silent. He's not asleep, man. He's not asleep. Come on, people. Come on. Don't you come to church with with just weighed down by being muzzled and these lockdown things. Listen, our voice needs to be all the louder. Our spirit needs to be alive. We need to be awake and not asleep. We are numbered among the five virgins who have oil in their lamp. Come on, people. Who's with me? Wouldn't matter even if you weren't. You're not shut this man up. I do, I get passionate about it. This stuff raises me up even more, even more. We're going to let you know we've got, um, we've got the pack that's come in for uh, distributing information to you all about how to contact your parliamentary leaders. And all being well, I'm going to be able to get that information out for you so you can write letters and let's get this legislation through in this great land of ours to protect religious freedom. Come on, when you get it, don't just say, oh, that's a good idea and, uh, and never look at that email again. Let's do something about it. We've got to do something about that. There's hundreds of us here in this church. We can do something about that. Praise God. And if, you, uh, if you're all... Uh, Wondering, should I or shouldn't I come to this dinner tonight? Come. Get, get some celebrative spirit in your man. Anyway, we've been, covering the, uh, we've been covering the core values and we've done a little bit of a, a mini-series on uh, we are a church who believes in miracles. True? We're a church who believes in miracles. These are our core values we're unpacking for the rest of the year. We've covered outreach, we've covered souls, we've covered the church of restoration, but we are a church that really deeply desires to see the miraculous at work in people's lives. And um, 
with that in mind, we're going to continue, uh, we're going to continue on uh, with this whole mini-series. Last week, we talked about standing in the gap. This week, we are going to look at the passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 9. Why don't we all stand? Let's stand as we read God's Word. And I'm reading from the New International Version. As Jesus went on from there... Two blind men followed him. I did find this quite amusing, this passage of scripture. I thought, how can someone blind follow someone? Just a thought. They certainly did not allow their handicap to get in the road of their miracle. How they followed him, I don't know. But these guys made up their mind, we're going to follow him. Maybe people helped them, assisted them. I don't know how it happened, but they were not going to allow, not going to allow their limitations to get in the road of an unlimited Christ. And so they followed him, calling out. You know, when you're after a miracle, you're a bit desperate, don't you think? No, no. Whispering out. No, calling out. Calling out. Sometimes when you're after something, there's a resonating sound in that spirit, man, that's not quiet. Don't allow times and seasons that we're living in to shut your soul up. Don't allow it. Have mercy on us, son of David. Verse 28. When he had gone indoors, the blind man came to him. Oh, man. That's, I like that. I'll talk about that later. And he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes. It's interesting, by the way, uh, of the, um, there's about th- at least three occurrences in Scripture where Jesus heals blind people. It's interesting. Every incident with a blind person, he touched them. He doesn't touch everyone, but he touched the blind person as a point of contact. And he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And this sight was restored. Lord, breathe upon this tremendous passage of scripture here. And this theme, if we ever needed a theme in the day that we live in, we need to hear this word. And I pray, let it encourage us. Let's all walk out of here, Father, today. Being built up, strengthened, strong, full of conviction, increased in faith. Knowing, fully, fully understanding, fully persuaded, we know who our God is. Who says, do you think I'm able? And I ask you, blessed in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Go ahead and get a seat as we speak on the subject of according to your faith. According to your faith. It's amazing how something small can move and, and shift something big. A small hinge can swing a large door. A small key can open up a great big palace gate. A small matchstick can light a big bushfire. It's amazing how something small can do something big. And uh, the mustard seed is one millimetres by two millimetres in diameter. Tiny, teeny thing, but can grow a tree 20 foot high. And Jesus speaks of it in Matthew 17 of the mustard seed. And he says, if you have faith, 
as small, as small as a teeny weeny mustard seed, you can move mountains. You can move mountains. Mustard seed. We see in the whole chapter of Matthew 19 what it consists of. The entire chapter of Matthew 19 is nearly, the whole chapter is nearly all about the miraculous. At the beginning, a paralyzed man is healed. Then the woman with the issue of blood is healed in that chapter. Then a synagogue's leader, daughter, is raised from the dead. And then two blind men are healed. I suppose the reason why the blind men appear towards the end of the chapter is they must have heard, because they couldn't see, they must have heard about the paralyzed man being healed, about the woman being healed, about the dead daughter being raised from the dead. And they thought, you know, we, we can't see. If he can do that, he can do this. And so they followed him. And Jesus says to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? If we're going to be a church that believes in the miraculous and has a set of core values that we uphold to, then if we want the miraculous, we're going to need to be a people of faith. Come on, what do you think? If we want the miraculous, we're going to need to be a people of faith. And if you're watching online, ever increasing faith. He says, do you believe that I can do this? Do you believe that I can do this? Well, the blind men could have accepted their, their plight. Are you sitting here? Are you watching on the screen? And you've just resolved yourself, well, this is just how it is for me. Is that you? Sitting here watching on the screen, you say, well, I just drew the short straw in life, didn't I? Oh, I guess I suppose I have to live with this for the rest of my life. Is that your story? This is my lot in life. I have to accept the reality. This is my reality. You can talk all you want about faith, Pastor Zoran, but this is my reality. I'm going to get, I want to get so in under your flesh to make you uncomfortable about your reality. I'm never going to get better. I'm always going to be sick. It's what they diagnosed me with. There's no coming back from this. These are the cards that I've been dealt with and this is the hand that I have to take. Is that, yours? Is that how you want to live? Is that what you're happy with? Is that what you've, is that what you've come to? Is it? Is that, what, is that where you're at? Have you accepted that that's just how you're going to be for the rest of your life? Is that what these blind men said? Oh, well, you know, well, a paralyzed man got healed. A woman with the issue of blood got healed. Dead daughter got raised from dead. But that, you know, good on them, hey. Woohoo. Woohoo. Great it worked out for someone else. It's great that everybody else gets the break. It's great that everyone else gets blessed. It's great that everybody else has got this and has got that. But you don't understand my story. If you were to really understand my background, if you really got to know where I came from, if you just understood about my misfortune, if we just, look, wait, wait till I get a whole orchestra of violins for you. And if you say, man, you're not a very kind pastor. I'm not coming to this church. That's okay, there's plenty of others. There's plenty of others. 
If you want to come here and sit and grovel and accept your state of mind and where you've come from and that be your story for the rest of your life, then better go and find some church that will strum the violin of self-pity and help you stay that way for the rest of your life. But the type of Jesus Christ that I serve is the type of Jesus that wants to take you where you've never been before and do the stuff you've never done before and see you healed and whole and restored. And I'm telling you, we want to be a church that has an environment and a culture of the miraculous. We are a can-do church because we serve a can-do God that wants people to go beyond where they've come from. And I'm telling you, and I apologise for it. And you say, Pastor, you don't understand my pain. You don't understand my brokenness. Listen, I've gone through pain. I've gone through brokenness too. But I'm here to tell you that my life got totally revolutionised when I found out who I was in Christ, not who I was in Zoran. I'm not here. I'm, I'm here to tell you who you can become in Jesus Christ. It's my heart for you. Please don't misunderstand that I'm not compassionate and I don't care. We are a caring, loving church, compassionate church, but we want to see you restored. We want to see you healed. We want to see you moving on. We want to see you gaining ground. We want to see you set free. We want to see people. How can a bound person set someone free? Do you believe I can do this, Jesus says. Do you believe, what's Jesus saying? Do you believe that your life can change? Do you believe that the tables can turn for you? Do you believe things can shift for you? Do you believe it doesn't always have to be like this? Do you believe that God can? What would he say to us as a church? Church, imagine Jesus rocking up here. Do you think he'd have a word for us? As a church, what do you think? What do, you, what do you think he would say to us here? Do you believe that revival can break out in Albury, Wodonga? Do you believe that you as a church could see hundreds come to, come to me and become disciples? I wonder what he'd say to us. Do you believe you, can, you could reach, this church could reach hundreds of thousands of people and make a global impact? We probably could through media today, through the advancement of technology and what we've got in our hands. What would he say? What would he say to the worship team here? Do you believe that you people could receive something that's not from flesh and blood, but from my Father in heaven and write songs and worship songs that can crack the heavens? Yeah. I wonder if he'd say that to the creative team. I wonder what he'd say. I wonder what he'd say to our community care ministry of reaching the broken and touching the needy. I wonder what he'd say. What he'd say, do you believe that you can impact youth, young adults and university students and see hundreds of them fill this place turned around for God? Do you believe that you could light a fire for this next generation like nothing else in this region? I wonder if Jesus came to this church. wonder what he would say if he said, do you believe? What would he say about your life? What would he say about you? Do you believe? Do you believe? Can you believe the unbelievable can be believable? The impossible can be possible. 
The impenetrable can be penetrable. Can you believe that God can turn the ordinary and make it extraordinary? Can you believe that something great and glorious can, can become of your life? Can you believe it? Can you believe that you are here for a reason to learn everything you need to learn and become all that you need to become because it's so imperative in order for you to go to the next level? Too many of us don't go to the next level because we haven't lived out what Jesus wants on this level. And sometimes the difference between where you are and where you need to be is an excuse. The difference between where you are and where you need to be is I'm blind. The difference between where you are and where you need to be is I have an issue. The difference between where you are and where you need to be is an excuse. The guys could have used an excuse. No, I believe you can, Lord. Who can say amen? amen? And he said, according to the paralyzed man's faith. He said, according to the woman with the issue of blood's faith. He said, according to Daniel's faith. He said, according to Gary Rutland's faith. He said, according to Denise's faith. According to Zoran's faith. According to your faith. Your faith. Come on, we want to we wanna help you grow in faith. Grow in faith. Because Hebrews 11, he, look, Hebrews, actually Luke 18 verse 8. Oh my, Luke 18 verse 8 says this, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? How's this for a challenge for you all? Ready? When the Son of Man comes in his second coming, is he going to find faith on the earth? This is one of the most perplexing, riveting scriptures I've come across, that Jesus makes a statement like this. He says, when I'm coming back, am I going to find faith? That leads me to believe that we're coming into some chaotic times on the earth prior to his coming. And anybody reading the book of Revelations, and next year I'm going to do a whole series on end times, one of my pet loves. You'll understand before the coming of Christ that the world is heading to a calamitous environment. He says, when I come back, is there going to be faith on the earth? Is there going to be confidence? Is there going to be conviction? Is there going to be a song? Is there going to be praise? Is there going to be worship? Is there going to be an upbeat people? Are there going to be a people that will not be rattled by what's coming on the face of the earth? It's a great statement to make. But we're a people of faith because Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Matthew 9.23 says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Come on, let's unpack this and when I get a chance, I'll come back to this. On other Sundays, there are about, there are about three or four things we need to be aware of in increasing faith. Who would like to increase in faith? Come on. Number one, ready? We are looking at walking in faith. We will be looking at growing in faith. We will look at an acting in faith and we will look at the testing of our faith. But let's look at the first one. Let's look at walking in faith. Second Corinthians 5, 7, for it says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. But if you're going to walk by faith, so Hebrews 6.12 says, let us imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promise. So you can have faith, but you're going to need patience with it to be able to inherit what you believe in God for. Too many people give up too soon. 
Faith and patience inherit the promises of God. But we walk by faith and not by sight. These guys couldn't see. So they certainly didn't walk by sight. You don't need faith for what you can see. You need faith for what you can't see. You don't need faith for what's possible. You need faith for the impossible. I remember when I wrote my first book. The reason I say that is because I should be writing more. And uh, I said to Kate, we just sold a house, had some deposit, and we're about to buy a second one. But I had to put the pause button on. I said to Kate, I said, I'm writing this book. I'm not taking any shortcuts. I want to do it really, really well. I said, love, can I take some money? Are you okay? Are you in agreement if I take some money from our home deposit to put into this book? I can't remember if she said it then or not, but how many copies are you printing? I said, I wanted to print 2,000 copies to begin with in the book. And a friend of mine challenged my faith. And he said, mate, he said, you're going to sell more than that. I thought, oh, my word. It's hard enough to believe to sell 2,000. He said, you need to double that. I said, double it? Aren't you glad that some people think bigger than you do, but so is their budget bigger because they don't have to spend it? (laughs) It's easy to believe for someone else, isn't it? Don't you reckon? I love it to go up to somebody, mate. You need to believe for millions (laughs) and and just walk away. I thought, it's easy for him to double it. He's not paying for it. He said, you need to double it. So I did. I thought, you know what? Something resonates in my spirit. I'll do 4,000 books. I go to Kate. I said, love, I'm going to need $17,500. She said, out of the home deposit. I said, yeah, you're good with that. She goes, um, <laughs> she goes, do you really believe that God? I said, yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's a lot of confidence. <laughs> she goes, well, if you believe God, you know, thank God for a wife. That <laughs> She says, if you believe God, go for it. Then she asked the next question. How long will it take to sell all this? I said, no idea. <laughs> 17 and a half grand. I can't tell you the whole story. In 12 weeks, I got 17 and a half grand back. <laughs> now... Faith without works is dead. There's another story about how desperately I went about trying to get word out about it. Because you can't lie down and just... Oh, here on now. Right now I'm catching something. The blind men... You can't just lie down and wait for it to come to you. With me? The blind men could have waited at home and said, oh, we'll wait for Jesus to turn up to us. No, they went to him. The woman of the issue of blood waited. Could she have waited for Jesus to touch her? No, she said, I'm going to go and touch him. Let's not be a church here where I'll wait for the pastor to ask me before I get involved. What if the pastor never turns up, people? I'll wait for something to come up. What if it never comes? I'll wait for the... Wait, I wait for for the opportunity to take up. Now, what if it doesn't turn up? 
When I got saved and lit up, faith was bubbling in me, man, I was on fire. I didn't wait for no youth pastor to come to me. I went to him. I said, Pastor Bob, I need something to do. I don't care what you give me, just give it to me. He said, see that Coke machine there? He said, make sure that that thing's full. I said, man, that Coke machine is never going to run out, man. And then went from, I went from the Coke machine to a whole heap of things in life. Don't wait. You with me? Come on, people. I'll wait for Goliath to come to me. No, David goes, no, I'm going to go to I'm going to I'm going, to feed your, I'm going to feed your carcass the birds of the air, the beasts of the field. My God, don't you ever think you're going to insult the armies of Israel even more. You are done this day, man. Matter of fact, I don't even need much to come to you. I'm just going to get a pebble and a bit of string and some patch of a thing. I'll sort you out, man. The blind man. We'll just wait till Jesus comes to us. Listen, some of you here, in the spirit, you need to go for it instead of waiting for it to come to you. Put your hand to the plough. Don't wait for the plough to put itself on your hand. Who's with me? Are we in this? You sure? Spoke to a businessman some time ago. He said, you know what? He said, my business has gone quantum leap. Quantum. I said, what would you put it down to? He said, the day I started to tithe. And then I got the revelation that that was just the beginning. I went beyond that. He said, I have gone gangbusters. He says to me, I don't even think I deserve to be blessed. He said, I just don't deserve to be so successful the way I am. I said, God honors your faith. God honors your Did you know it was reckoned, reckoned under Abraham as his righteousness, reckoned under him as righteousness because he believed there's a works mentality there I would like to dismantle but not right now but yet faith without works is dead so you need a balance if you know what I mean let's go quickly let's go quickly oh very quickly walking in faith growing in faith number two Romans 12 3 in accordance with the measure of faith that God has given you measure Let's increase our measure in accordance with the measure of faith. It's biblical. God is into measures. Wait there. Ready? Look at the measures, the three different measures. In no faith, little faith, great faith. No faith, little faith, great faith. Mark 4.40. But he had said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Matthew 8, 26, but he said to them, why are you so fearful of little faith? And then that woman, Matthew 15, oh woman, great is your faith. Come on, wouldn't it be something to be a church here where great is our faith? We are a can-do church that believes God, that believes in a God that can do the impossible, cure the incurable. Cure the incurable. Faith. Can I have the band? Can I have the... I feel like I'm on... I'm so hot on this. I feel like I'm going to preach for another two hours. 
how about when you're all done, just leave. I'll just keep preaching. <laughs> just to get it out of my system. Faith. Faith. Just amazing how fast time goes, isn't it? I don't think you have enough time sometimes. I'm hanging for the day where I can go to some of these tribal places and they want you to preach for three or four hours. But I only want to do it once. <laughs> Faith. Very quickly, very quickly. How to increase in your faith. Number one, the word of God. The stuff that a lot of people are depleted in that they only wait for once a week on a Sunday. That stuff. If you want a once a Sunday faith, all power to you. If you want to grow in faith, you're going to need more than once a Sunday. Can I hear an amen? Come on, you're listening to me. If you want a once a Sunday faith, it's okay. It's better than nothing. But let's be a church that's got Monday faith, Tuesday faith, Wednesday faith, Thursday faith, Friday faith, Saturday faith, Sunday faith, because the Word is alive and living and active in you, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, judging every thought. It's alive every day of the week. You don't flick the switch just on Sunday. Let's flick it. Let's flick that switch. Get yourself a journal, man, and get excited about writing down the things. Let's be a journal church in the Word and journal your adventure. Faith comes from hearing, Romans 10, 17, and hearing from the newspaper. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the magazine that you bought, the news agency. Faith comes from hearing and hearing. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the constant restrictions that are sent out. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Reader's Digest. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the surf magazine you read. Faith comes from hearing and hearing the Word of the living God. John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me and my Word abides in you, you will ask anything. You'll grow in faith and have the capacity to ask. I love what Roy Hicks said in the 80s. He said, he said, you only have as much word in you as what comes out of you. That's true. You only have as much word in you as what comes out of you. It's not about the word that's sitting on your cabinet. It's not about the word that's sitting on your bookshelf. It's not about the word that's sitting on your coffee table. It's not about the word that's sitting in print in some book. And you only have as much of it in you as you can recall out of you. So when sickness comes, faith is starting to brew. When sickness comes, you've got enough in you that can, you can discharge out of you. When sickness comes, you can start, can't you? Because you've got something in you. You can say, Matthew, 8.17 He came and took away my sins and carried away my diseases You can say 1 Peter 2 1 Peter 2.24 By His wounds I am healed You can say Isaiah 53 By His stripes I am healed You can say Psalm 103 I'll forget none of His benefits Who pardons all of my iniquities Who heals all of my diseases When the devil comes for you man You've got something in you That says the weapons of my warfare Are not carnal But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds 
the casting down of imagination. When the devil comes at you, you've got the word in you that says, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and power over all. When he comes at you, you've got 1 John 4, 4 that says, greater is he in me than he that is in the world. When he comes to strap you, When he comes to lay on you anxiety and worry and concern, you got Philippians 4, haven't you? That says, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You've got the scripture in Romans that says, the peace of God crushes the devil. How good not to be able to find out now, where did I really leave that Bible? Where did I put that Bible? Where did I put the Bible? No, the Bible is within, so that's why it can come on out. Amen. Amen. We'll cover the rest another time. like having a workout up here sometimes with you. Watch what comes out your mouth. Watch what comes out of your mouth. Watch what comes out of your mouth. I'll just touch on it a little bit. I have to. I have to. Number two, finish, and then we finish. Right confession. The Word of God and right confession builds faith. Notice how many times in this scripture you look at confession three times. Watch me. Jesus said to them, Have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast and seen, does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Listen. Whatever comes out your mouth, that's what's coming to you. Whatever. Whatever's flying out of here, that's what you're getting coming back at you. That's what you're reaping what you're saying. I am full of fear. It's coming. I am an insecure person. I am anxious. I'm a loser. I'm a nobody, I'm stressed, I'm lonely, I'm not talented, I'll never accomplish my dreams, I'm not wanted, I will always be struggling for the rest of my life, I get intimidated, I'm jealous, I'm this, I'm that. Listen, whatever happened to, in Romans 8, 27, I am more than a conqueror. Whatever happened to Ephesians 5, 2, Ephesians 2, for I am alive in Christ. Ephesians 2, 10, I am God's masterpiece. John 15, 16, I am handpicked. 1 Peter 2, 24, I am healed. I am a friend of God. I am an heir of God. I am the salt and light of the world. I am the head and not the tail. Whatever happened to that stuff flying out of your mouth? I am at peace. I will not worry. I am not anxious. I believe that all things, right confession. You're either going to move a mountain or you're going to build one. You say, Pastor, 
don't allow fear, failure and intimidation to silence you. Don't let guilt, mistakes and bad breaks and rejection and betrayal rob you. And don't allow doubt and unbelief to shut you down. It's not the way of faith. Church, it's not the way of faith. And I'm not saying have faith in faith. Have faith in God. Have faith in His Word. Have faith. Have faith. The two blind men could have stayed home waiting for Jesus to come to them. But He went. They chose to come to Him. The woman with the issue of blood said, I'll just wait for Him to lay hands on me. No, I'm going to go lay hands on him. I suppose I'll just wait until the environment's right. I'll wait until... You know what? I just feel like I'm prophesying someone either to on the screen, but also to people here. I just felt it in my spirit here. Ready for this? I'll wait, I'll wait until I feel better, until I can get over my hang-ups. I'll wait until I can just be at a place where I feel at peace in myself before I. That's like still saying you're going to wait for something to come to you before you go to Ed. Don't wait victory to come to you. You go to victory. Listen, the blind men brought their blindness to Jesus. Just bring your hang-ups and your hold-ups to Jesus. And Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, He will give you rest. Don't let anything that's happened in your past rob you of your future. Don't allow it. Look, even if you come to this church and you don't like the pastor, don't let your, the pastor's personality get in the way of what Jesus has asked you to do here. This is not about personalities. When I went to Planet Shakers to serve, the Holy Spirit was so clear in my head. He said, when you go there, you're going to see flaws and imperfections. But I did not call you to go to Planet Shakers to serve perfect, but to serve purpose. I did not call you anywhere I've called you, son. I did not call you to serve perfect. I called you to serve purpose. Oh, it's a timely shirt to wear, isn't it? Didn't even think about that. Serve purpose. Amen? Serve purpose. Come on, let's stand as we finish way over time. These guys that cut and crop these messages to 30 minutes for radio, I don't even know how they do it, man. Have faith. Church, have faith. Have faith. Don't capture something from me today. Capture something from the Holy Spirit. Don't capture anything from flesh and blood today. Capture something from your Father in heaven. Amen? Come on. Come on. We are all a part of this team. You are a part of a team here. 
with all of our hang-ups and hold-ups, with all of our imperfections and flaws, somehow the grace of God is bigger than all that and breathes upon everything that we have and are able to do, not in ourselves, but in and through Him. In and through Him. Honestly, if we had to rely upon our own weaknesses and flaws, we wouldn't do a great deal. But how many are thankful for the power of God that is perfected in our weakness? I'm in good company with you all here. I'm in good company with you all here. I wonder if you've come to church this morning as we finish and you don't know Jesus Christ. You're watching on screen and you don't know the Lord. It's not about knowing me. It's about knowing Him. Thank you for listening. For more information about New Life Chapel, please go to newlifechapel.org.